exactly from where we left off. So what do we see in the Sefer so far? You know, we, we, we made nice progress over here. We went through the entire Chelek Aleph, middle of Chelek Beis. Uh, out of the four Chalakim, the Ramchal has a real, uh, nice amount into the Chelek Beis. What have we had so far? Again, just to summarize and take stock of, of uh, where we're holding in the Sefer. Like the, we need the you are here. You are here in Der Hashem. So to work backwards briefly, then to work forwards, the second section of the Sefer is about Hashgacha Pratis. Hashgacha, Hashgacha. Bahashgachas Haboyre. On the topic of Hashem's Hashgacha. One thing we keep pointing out again and again and again is that Hashgacha does not mean what it is popularly made out to mean. Hashgacha doesn't mean divine providence. Hashgacha doesn't mean miraculous last minute saves where it looked like everything was about to go down, and in the last, last second, everything turned around. Everything, Baruch Hashem. There was a last-minute salvation, a last-minute reprieve. It can include that, but it certainly by no means limits that. Hashkacha means Hashem's maintenance, Hashem's involvement, Hashem's interest, and overseeing of the system. That's what Hashkacha is. And in the course of Hashem's maintenance and Hashem's involvement, and Hashem is looking over and after the system. Sometimes Hashem will decide that it's necessary to save somebody. It's necessary to to maneuver things around and manipulate the system mm-hmm. in order to in order to save someone from certain doom. Sometimes that will be a decision that comes as a result of Ashkacha, but not always. Sometimes Hashgacha deems and determines it appropriate and fit to send this person to his doom. Hashgacha means Hashem maintaining the system in an up-close and personal way. That's the working backwards. Now, to work forwards, to come back and meet that from the beginning of the Sefer, if Hashgacha means Hashem is maintaining the system, Hashem is personally running the show, running the system, not running the show, that's also the wrong way of saying it, but the system, maintaining the system, what is the system that Hashem is maintaining? What is the system called life, called the universe, called everything? What is the system that the Rebbeinu Shalalem is maintaining that he's doing now with Hashgacha, in a Hashgacha way, in a personal way? What is the system? So that's what the Sefer was dealing with primarily in the first section, but even... Um, it, continuing that into the second section, what is this system? So the system of the universe, the system of life, is a system of getting humanity into Olam Haba. Getting everyone into Olam Haba. Meaning, Hashem is all good, entirely good, and Hashem has a desire to share His goodness with humanity. Hashem is good, and we know that they very often go hand in hand. Good people want to do good things. Hashem is good. Hashem wants to do good things. A Zaidi. What does a Zaidi want to do? A good Zaidi. What does a good Zaidi want to do? Remesha. A good Zaidi goes on a trip. What does he do? What does he want to do with his, for his Enoklach? That's right. Presents. He wants to spoil them. So I have um, a whole bunch of kids at home. I also have, as I announced very happily, we made a bris a few years ago. I have an Enokl too. He lives in the same house as myself. Shmuel Aaron. Um, so I like to spoil my kids. I like to spoil my Enoklach. So from Eretz I brought back a suitcase. I was allotted 50 pounds, and 49 pounds were, uh, were, were, were just, you know, for the kids and for Shmuel Aaron 
49 pounds. What was the 50th pound? That was my pajamas, because if I leave my pajamas in there, what am I going to sleep in when I get home, right? So I had to bring my pajamas back with me also. That was the 50th pound. But 49 pounds were things for the Einaklach, were things for the Kindalach, right? So you, you like to give. It's nice to give. It's kashmak to give. HaKadosh Baruch Hu um, likes to give also. So the purpose of everything is for Hashem to give. And that's the beginning of understanding this system. This entire system that we recognize that everything that's outside of Hashem is all there for one purpose, and, and, and that one purpose is for Hashem to be native. And that's what happens in Olam Haba. That's what happens in the next world. The purpose of this system is to let Hashem be native to us, and the Hatav Hashem being native, that's only in Olam Haba. Now, when we ask this question, again, in, 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 in uh, this big, the, the, the big Chazor over here, what would happen if Hashem wouldn't, wouldn't be native? What would happen exactly if Hashem would decide that he doesn't want humanity to get into Elam Haba? And, you know, he's had enough. Forget it. I, I'm giving up on these guys. You know, I try, I try, I try so hard. I'm done with this. Well, what happens? What does that look like from Hashem's perspective? If Hashem decides not to be native, is there something lacking on Hashem's part? If Hashem would decide not to make a universe, Hashem would decide not to try to get humanity into Elam Haba, Hashem would decide not to share his infinitude, his radiance, his shechina, is something lacking on Hashem's part if Hashem decides not to do that? Ask differently. Did Hashem need to do this? Did Hashem need to make a universe? The two questions are the same, just opposite, two different ways of asking the same question. Is Hashem lacking when he doesn't make a bria? Is Hashem lacking when he doesn't make a universe? Is Hashem lacking when he doesn't decide to give? And did Hashem need to give? Hashem didn't need to give. Hashem didn't need to create us. Hashem didn't need to make a universe. Is Hashem entirely good? Yes. Did Hashem need to give to us? No. So we discover that even though Hashem is toiv, Hashem doesn't need to be a mative, and Hashem is not lacking anything. He's not less Hashem when He's not giving to us. He's still the same Hashem. He's not any less Hashem when He's not giving. If that's the case, the question that arises is, so why did Hashem make a universe? Hashem is the same Hashem without a universe. Hashem is the same toiv, is the same goodness, without having to be mative. So why did Hashem make this decision to make a universe in order to give to humanity? What's the answer to that question? In our big uh, summary over here, what's the answer? If Hashem didn't need to make a universe, why did Hashem do it? What? But don't make the people and don't have the, 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 the need for the recognition. That's only once you make the people. Rachmanis? Rachmanis on things that don't exist yet? So does Hashem need to do it? No. So why do you do it? Because he wants to. Why does he want to? What's the answer, Rabbi Yisrael? What's the answer? Did I forgot the answer? No, the, the purpose is to be mative. But why? The question is why? Why did Hashem decide one day he wants to be mative? In other words, we're setting it up with, in a problematic fashion. Hashem, even if he's not being mative, he's not chaser, he's not lacking anything when he's not being mative. Hashem's not missing anything, he's not lacking anything. He doesn't need to be mative. So if he doesn't need to, why do you do it? Rachmanis is good, but that's only once there's a brio. So the answer is, 
We don't know. We don't know. There, we, we, that's an unanswerable question. There is an answer, but we don't know. That's forever beyond our reach. Right? Remember, this is the answer. We don't know. We don't know why the Rebbe Shem decided to be a Meitiv. We only know, and we only understand, we can only relate to HaKadosh from that decision and onward. From that decision and onward, then we have, yes, as Yosef Ari is saying, Rachmanis, and we have Ratzin, and we have Hatava. From that decision and onward. Before that decision, that's impenetrable. That's unfathomable. Yet there's a Hashem there also before the decision, but that's something that's forever beyond our reach and forever beyond our grasp and forever something that is unreachable because it's beyond our existence. We don't know why Hashem made that switch. We don't know why Hashem had that rutzen to be mative. But at some point there's a rutzen that Hashem has. Hashem has a will. Hashem has an interest. Hashem has a desire to be mative. Boom! Then we have the, the whole universe. We have chesed, gevurah, tiferes, all, all those things all this amazing midas and koiches, boom. Everything starts to boom, boom, left and right, click into place. Before that, we don't know. So the, the question's a valid question. It is a valid question. Why does Hashem decide to make the Bria? The only proper and appropriate answer to that question is we don't know. We don't know. Any other answer is, 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 um, is fluff at worst, platitude at best when people try to give the shtiklach their Torah as to why Hashem decides to do it, we, we don't know. That, that itself is a chiddish. Hashem was mechadish, this concept of ratzen ha-toiv Hashem didn't need to be meitiv to be toiv. Hashem is toiv even when Hashem is not meitiv. Okay, everybody got that? So, so again, so going back to just building the, the, the whole, the, 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 the building back up to where we left off, at a certain point in in existence outside of space, outside of time, outside of points, Hashem is, okay, I'm going to be Meitav, I'm going to create the universe. Now we have a, a universe. The purpose of this is Hashem wants to be Meitav, He wants to share His goodness, His kindness, His infinitude. And Hashem designs a system for humanity to be able to benefit from Hashem Himself. To have something outside of Hashem that Hashem can give to. Hashem wants to give. That immediately kicks off a, a, a whole domino chain of parameters, parameters that go into what the system has to look like, which means Hashem wants to give. Hashem wants to give to someone outside of Hashem. Hashem wants to give in the best way possible to something that's outside of Hashem. So by definition, Hashem can only give if something, something outside of Hashem, but by definition, Hashem is also perfect and complete and shalom, so Hashem wants to be able to give in, the, in a perfect way. When do I give in the best way possible? When I share as much as I'm possibly capable of sharing. That's when I'm giving with Shlemus. And everybody knows there's, there's sharing and there's sharing. There's giving and there's giving. Who knows what I'm talking about? What? There's giving and there's giving. There's giving and there's giving. Um... And what's the difference? The difference is like this. The difference is like this. Um, you know, you could be staying at somebody's house, and we've all been guests by different people's houses, right? Guests by different people's houses. You stay by someone's house, and, oh, can I stay by you for you? Yeah, sure. Okay, you come in, and, um, and they say, well, you know, I go to sleep at 11, so just make sure you're back by 11, because that's when we lock up. 
and um, you know, don't make so much noise over here because this is where my kids are sleeping. And um, you know, if you're going to eat, you know, eat at these certain times because at different times that's when the cleaning lady comes in, and you know, you're going to get in the way. They say all these things very politely, and they're making clear, like, and you know, that's where the food is. But you know, that cabinet, that's where I have one kid that you know they have a special cereal, so make sure you leave that cabinet alone. And you get all the rules. Right? And they're very nice. They're certainly taking you into their house. Um, there's a lot of limitations. A lot of limitations. When you, have to, when you can come, when you can go, where, where you can eat, what you can eat, and all that. There's another kind of a host. And we once stayed, this goes back many, many years, um, when we were in Eretz Yisrael. So... Uh, we used to go in, anyone that's living in, any American that lives in Eretz makes routine trips to America with, um, as, with their kids. You know, you come in for yumps of time, right? The longer you stay in Eretz with your family, the less and less frequent we, these trips get because your family gets bigger. And people just don't want to fly you in anymore. You know, that's, you know, with this one kid, two kids, three kids. So you come in for Pesach, you come in for Sukkot, whatever it is. Once you're there for a few years, then like, oh, you know, we'll come visit you. We'll come visit you. You don't get flown in anymore. So we were in Eretzville for a while, and there were, years went by that we didn't make any trips to America as a family. And then, so my sister got married. My youngest sister got married. We all flew out as a family to the States. My parents were living in Muncie at the time. And we stayed, we didn't stay by my parents. We stayed down there because all, you know, all the siblings came in from my youngest. This is my youngest sister, the Majinka, for her chasana. So uh, we stayed down the block, the family in Muncie. We, we walked in. It was a, it was a Namana, uh, living alone. We walked in, and she, the first thing she said, she said, here's the keys to the house. Here's the fridge. Here's the pantry. I bought tons of stuff for the kids. I bought tons of cereal. I bought tons of snacks. Here's where you eat. Here's where you sleep. Here's where all the toys are. Here's the keys to the house. And here's the keys to my car. Here's the keys to my car. Lincoln Continental. So Lincoln Continental. Here's the keys to my car. This is the garage code. Mamish. This is the, when we walked in the house, this is what we got from her. That's giving. What does that mean, that's giving? That's real giving. Real giving is, I want to give you everything that I have. Everything that I enjoy. Everything that I experience. Everything that I can give you, I want to give you. Here's the keys to my house. Come and go as you please. Here's my pantry, here's my kitchen, here's my fridge, here's my dining room, here's the toy room. I open everything up to you. Here's the keys to my car. I love this Lincoln Continental. You're going to be here for a week, and it's going to be so convenient for you to have a car. I understand that right away. I get that. How geschmack it's going to be for you to have a car. Here's the keys to my car. We had a car for a week. We had a car for a week. You almost hit somebody with it, but we didn't, Baruch Hashem. Um... So getting back to the summary of Derech Hashem, the Rebbeinu Shalolim is perfect, he's Shalim, so he wants to give, like this, uh, she's no longer with us, uh, she was Nefteris a few years ago, but um, the Rebbeinu Shalolim gives like that, in, in, in type 2 giving, to give everything that I am, everything that I have, everything that I'm capable of giving, that's real giving, that I really want to share with you. I see how much I can give you, and that's the degree that I want to give. So Yisham is, is perfect. The Yisham is Shalom. His giving is real giving. Not the giving of, with all the limitations and all the, you know, I'm giving like Arthur said, because I know I have to give, but, you know, I'm keeping a lot more than I'm giving. 
I'm keeping to myself a lot more than I'm giving to you. Um, no, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives the highest, form, the highest form possible that he's capable of giving. He's giving of himself. Hashem wants to give to us. He wants to give in the best way possible. He wants to give the highest thing possible. He wants to give himself to us. He wants to share himself. And that's Olam Haba. Olam Haba essentially is Hashem giving himself to humanity. Hashem giving himself to mankind. Hashem allowing mankind to benefit from Hashem himself. The highest form of, of giving. And here is what created, though, the next series of, of, of um, dilemmas. Hashem wants to give. That requires, A, something outside of Hashem to give to, but B, Hashem wants to give in the highest form possible. Hashem has to give of himself. How can Hashem give of himself, which is infinite, to something outside of Hashem, which is by definition finite? Said differently, Hashem is shalem. Anything outside of Hashem is chaser. How can Hashem make... We saw the, the, from the definitions of Hashem is that it can only be one Hashem. Can Hashem duplicate himself, Rabbi Yisrael? Can Hashem put himself into the Calvin and Hobbes box? You guys know that one? You guys know, Zayim is familiar with Calvin and Hobbes? From the, something from the 80s. The 90s, maybe. 90s, 90s, the 90s. Okay. Um, we're getting a thumbs up from someone over here. From Shlomo. Shlomo knows Calvin and Hobbes. Okay. Um, so, can the Rebunsha make another Rebunsha Shalem? Can he duplicate himself? Here's another philosophical question we asked before. Uh, uh, you know, why does Hashem make a world? Can Hashem make another Hashem? Can he duplicate himself? That was a, what? 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 That was a grunt. Not, no, he cannot. Rebunsha is right. He can't. Rebunsha cannot duplicate himself. He can't. Because part of the definitions of Hashem is Hashem is that being that there can only be one of. That's part of what goes into defining Hashem. And we saw that in the opening parak of the Sefer. Ramachal gave us the six axioms, the six definitions of what Hashem is. One of those definitions is Hashem is that entity of which there can only be one of. That means everything else in creation can be duplicated. Everything else, else in creation, there can be more than one of. Hashem is something that can, there can be only, only be one of, and that's part of what defines Hashem. So it's impossible for Hashem to make another Hashem, because if Hashem could, then Hashem wouldn't be Hashem anymore. Right? So here's, here's the dilemma. Hashem wants, to give, Hashem wants to give in the best way possible. That means to be like Hashem. But the only, person, the only things that Hashem can give to are things that are outside Hashem, but things that are not Hashem. And that means that Hashem cannot give of the highest level possible to make another Hashem. Hashem cannot do that because we've got to play by the rules. The only way, therefore, that Hashem can give to something outside of Hashem and still, and still work within the rules and the definitions of what Hashem is, is to create something that's finite and limited, but is able to be like Hashem. And there is one aspect, one property of Hashem that anything outside of Hashem can, can relate to, can become like, and that is what? Hashem is perfect independently. Nobody made Hashem perfect. Nobody had to make Hashem shalim. Nobody had to um, mold or whatever else or influence or, 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 or cause Hashem to be perfect. Hashem is perfect because He's perfect. He's independently perfect. Nothing made Hashem. And, and we know we're not going to try to think about what was before Hashem. We, we covered this many times already. We don't know. We don't know. And we had that in Chagiga also. We had that in Chagiga too. So we're not going to try to think about that. But Hashem is perfect independently. He's perfect because He's perfect. 
the one way that mankind, humanity, and something finite outside of Hashem can be like Hashem is to become independently perfect. We make ourselves perfect. If I make myself perfect, I'm like Hashem now. And now that I'm like Hashem, I can enjoy a relationship with Hashem. I can enjoy Hashem's radiance, and I can enjoy Hashem's existence, and I can bond with Hashem because I'm like Hashem. There is one aspect that something that's not Hashem could be like Hashem, and that is to become independently perfect. And that really is what all of life is all about. That's what all of Olam Hazel is all about, and that's what all of Olam Haba is all about, is actualizing our journey in this world of starting off not like Hashem. Or, or, sorry, I'm sorry. Starting off not perfect and making ourselves perfect. I start off imperfect. I start off lacking. I make myself perfect. That makes me like Hashem because Hashem is independently perfect. I'm now independently perfect. Whereas, if Hashem would make us all perfect, Hashem would make us all shalem, that not only wouldn't make us like Hashem, it would make us very far from Hashem. And as we saw also a long time ago in the beginning of the Sefer, this is the real answer to the famous age-old question of why can't Hashem just give me Olam Haba? Hashem, you love me so much. You love me so much. You care about me so much. That's what everyone tells me. You want to be mative. So, okay, I'm waiting. Just give me Olam Haba. Abba. Tata. Right? Just give me my Olam Haba. Tata. 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 Abba. So give it to me, right? No, so if Hashem would give it to us, we'd be embarrassed, we wouldn't enjoy it. That's, that's nice, but that's not the real answer because I'll take it with the embarrassment. I'll take it with the shame. Tate. Let's make up a song about Hashem giving us Elam Haba for free and we'll be so happy. We'll make up a nice song. Make up a nice song about it. Give me my Elam Haba. The answer is, when Hashem gives me Elam Haba, Hashem is actually distancing me from Elam Haba. When Hashem makes me perfect, I'm now dependently perfect, not independently perfect. I'm so far from Hashem. What defines Hashem is the fact that Hashem is perfect independently. Nobody made Hashem perfect. When someone makes me perfect, I am very flawed. I'm very, very, very distant. Very far away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Very dissimilar. Because I'm dependent on someone else for that perfection. The only way I can be like Hashem is if I'm independently perfect. So that is what all of life is all about. And that... Now, again, the next, all the, the next domino that gets knocked down is Bechira. That's why I need Bechira. The whole idea of Bechira is for me to be able to be not like Hashem and to choose nevertheless to be like Hashem. And the whole idea of all the, the Nisiyanus that we face in life, all the temptations that we face in every single situation in life, again, is to be able to be not like Hashem and for, for me nevertheless, independently to choose, I'm going to be like Hashem in spite of the fact that I could be not like Hashem. That's Bechira. That's Nisiyanus. And with Bechira and this Yoinus come the opportunity for greatness. And not just greatness, the opportunity for Shlemus, for perfection. The opportunity for perfection allows me to be like Hashem. That triggers more dominoes and that once we have the opportunity for perfection, which necessitates an equal and opposite opportunity for um, corruption, for corruption... That allows for, though, things to get a little complicated. Because, again, the purpose of all this is for me to become, like, become perfect, perfect myself, to be like Hashem independently so I can enjoy that relationship with Hashem in the world to come. And many people are going to be able to pull this off. But what do you do with someone who mostly made himself like Hashem? But because since life allows him to have Bechira, here and there he botched up, here and there he 
stepped out of line. What do you do with that? Hashem's system has to be just. Hashem is just and fair. So even though this person, you know, really did over, uh, uh, um, uh, earn quite a lot of, uh, of um, miles over here, and he really built himself up quite, quite um, heavily and really made himself like Hashem, but we have areas where he's not like Hashem. How do we deal with that? And conversely, we have a guy who's very far from Hashem, but here and there, he managed to exercise his Bechir properly and to, to choose the right path and, and to choose what Hashem wanted to do. So that necessitates a whole other level within the system of how the world is run, which is schar reward and punishment. That, at what? We're here, again, to make ourselves independently like Hashem so we can enjoy a relationship with Hashem in the world to come. There has to be a provision for dealing with um, the missteps that the tzaddik is going to make and the, the successes that the rush is going to have. The rush is a guy who is too far gone. He's not getting into Adam Habah. The tzaddik is the guy who is on the right side of things. He is going to get into Adam Habah. And um, what, do you, what do we do when each of them has a little bit of, of, of the other side? The tzaddik was a little bit of Averis in the rush, has a little bit of mitzvahs. That is the system of reward and punishment in this world and the next. The next world, the reward in the next world is for the tzaddikim. Punishment is in this world is also for the tzaddikim. They have to, they have to pay off that debt of um, where, wherever they were out of line because, again, A, the system has to work, and B, as we saw also, the tzaddik cannot take um, elements of, of uh, contradict, contradictory elements into Eilam Habo with him because that puts him out of line with eternity, out of line with Rebbe. And the Rasha has to be able to be rewarded for you know, the small amounts of mitzvahs that he has and that is the reward of the Rasha comes in this world. And we saw there were more details also uh, that there's sometimes punishments that, that cannot be paid off in this world even for the tzaddik that are reserved for the next world. We, define, we differentiate between experiential, like taivas, where the tzaddik is, is, is out of line because of taiva, because of a physical issue that he had. So physical debts can be paid off in this world. If it's more intellectual, he, 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 he um, had areas where he, on, on a, on a, on a you know, level of um, a, uh, a, uh, a level of policy level or a, um, a um, um, what's the word? A level of policy or a level of uh, lifestyle. It's another word that's eluding me right now. But if I, that's where my various uh, were, 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 were found. That's something that requires a little bit more of a spiritual punishment. That was, that's the Elam Hanashamas, that's Gehenim. Again, we see the system is balanced. The system functions beautifully and perfectly. Um, one last thing that we saw in putting everything together, the final domino was like this. So everything we said so, so far is beautiful and it, 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 it paints a very clear picture, a very, very clear picture of... Um, of um, Oh, ideology. That's the word I was looking for. Okay, the, on an ideological level. If someone had an ideological problem with Yiddishkeit, that can't be paid off over here. That has to be paid off in Gehenna. It's already uh, uh, more ruchni, more intellectual. So everything, everything is quite clear. Humanity was created to enjoy a relationship with Hashem. 
Hashem wants to give, and Hashem wants to give in the highest form possible, and that's a giving of, of Himself. The only way for Him to give of Himself is to find some aspect of Hashem that we can tap into, that's to make ourselves independently perfect. That requires Bechira, that necessitates situations in life to test us, to put that Bechira to the test, and that's how we get to Adam Haba. Why is life so diverse? Why is life so complicated and so complex? And why do so many different people deal with so many different things in life? So the final piece of this whole puzzle, is, that's what we were left off with two weeks ago, is that one last knech that has to be worked into the whole understanding of the whole system of, of life is the diversity of humanity. And there is a diversity. Different people have different struggles. Different people have different expectations. Different people have different missions. Even though we're all here for the same purpose, which is to get to the haba. So strange. We should all be eating the same flavor oatmeal every single day, right? We should all be doing the same stuff. Why, why are all of us so different? Different personalities, different mindsets, different temptations, different strengths and different weaknesses. The answer is the right way of looking at the purpose of creation is not to get individuals into Eilam Haba, but to get the mass into Eilam Haba. The masses and really the mass. Klai Yisrael has to be looked at as many parts of one whole. Splinters of one big cell. Little chips off of one great block. And really, really, and this is where the Sefer began, Originally, there was just one individual who had one temptation who was supposed to make one move and get into Eilam Haban. That was Adam Harishon. That was the original man, Adam Harishon. That's what it all came down to. So everything that we've been describing was really all realized in Adam himself, that Hashem wants to give. And giving means to make someone who could be imperfect, make, make himself perfect, and that he'll be like Hashem, he'll bask in the divine reigns forever. That was all Adam. Adam Rishon had all that. He had Bechiro, he was able to be imperfect and perfect. And he was the one that would have realized and actualized all that, world, that, that life was about. When Adam Rishon fails and he sins and he uses Bechiro improperly, so now we still have the same mission, but it has been divided amongst 600,000 Nishamas. And it is it is dragged out over 6,000 years. And the reason why there's so much variety and, and so much diversity and so many different people with different strengths and different weaknesses is because each and every one of us is there to not just get ourselves into Elam Haba, but to get Adam HaRishon, so to speak. That sounds really mystical and Kabbalistic, but that's the right way of looking at it. We're getting Kalal Yisrael into Elam Haba. The, the, the Ramchal keeps saying this lotion of Kibbutz HaShleimim, Kibbutz HaShleimim. Kibbutz HaShlem, gathering together the Shlem, because we're really reassembling Adam HaRishon. And without this piece, then, uh, you know, then we're still, the whole picture doesn't really come together. With this piece, the whole picture comes together clearly. We're, we're here for, is God Adam and Adam have the same? No, it's not the same. Well, I'll get more on that momentarily. But anyway, Kibbutz HaShlem is really what it's about. We're all here to contribute our slice of the perfection of Adam HaRishon, and each and every one of us is, is uh, exhibiting and is here to, to perfect a different slice, different aspect of Adam Rishon. And then we will, you know, as individuals enjoy a relationship with Adam And as a unit, we together are allowing the world to come to its perfection, humanity to come to its perfection, and so to speak, Adam Rishon to be brought to that perfection. That's why 
There's the individualization. So that's what everything is all about. Now, parallel to all that, we saw, is the whole system of how this world's run. This, this world is here, again, to give me temptations, to give me nisiyanus. I have to act correctly or incorrectly. And things come my way down from the heavens, and my decisions send ripple effects back up to the heavens. Um, I have to have at every juncture of my life a system set up where I can choose right or wrong, left or right, bad or, or good. And the system um, that I encounter down here is the lowest manifestation of a whole series of, of, uh, of, of, of um, innumerable levels of spiritual, le- spiritual systems where each one is determining and controlling the one below it. And all that comes down to create an environment that I'm in down here. I have to act within that environment. And my decisions send effects back up to the very top of that environment. That's mitzvahs and averis. So I'm not just perfecting or chas corrupting myself. I'm perfecting or chas corrupting the entire system that I find myself in. And um, bring this back to Hashgacha to come full circle with what we began with in, in the summary and the recap over here. So now we get a, bigger, a better idea a little bit of what Hashgacha is. Hashgacha, as we said when we began, is not about Hashem saving everybody from, from doom and disaster, saving us from things that are about to blow up, making the bus wait for us so we don't miss the bus. Hashgacha is Hashem's maintaining the system. And the system is the system that I'm in to be able to apply my bechira, apply my free will, and for the system to constantly be providing me with opportunities to apply my bechira, and for my good actions to go rewarded, my bad actions, chas to not go unnoticed, to be dealt with. Hashem's hashkoch is, Hashem is always monitoring the system, and the system means specifically the system of all the levels of ruchnius, all the levels of, of koiches and malachim, that come from the top all the way down to the bottom to ensure that each and every one of us is in the, is in the right place at the right time, which very often to us seems to be the wrong place at the wrong time, right? But the right place at the wrong time, but the wrong place at the right time, it's always the right place at the right time from Hashem's perspective. Hashgacha means moving us around and moving things around us, maintaining and monitoring and being involved with the system. So at any given point in time, this fellow, this is where he needs to be right now. This is what he has to be experiencing right now. This is what he has to be subject to right now to make sure that the system works for his mission and his expectations as an individual and how he fits into the greater mass of Klai as a whole. That's what Ashkoch is. Hashem constantly monitoring, tweaking, and messing around with the system from behind the scenes, from behind the curtains, to make sure that individuals, the Pratim and the Klal, and the, klal the mass of Klai Yisrael is always headed the right direction, the right place, and is given everything that they are, um, that they, the resources that everyone needs to be able to apply their Bechira and get the results of their Bechira. That is what Hashkoch is. So that's the recap, Rabbi Yisai, that's putting together what we've had so far in the Sefer. And from this point, the Ramchal will move into a whole discussion now as to why is there suffering? Why do people suffer in this world? Why do we encounter Chas Shom Rachman suffering, Yisurin? And this is, I think, a good solid recap of what we had so far in Derech Hashem as a basis, as a, as a Yisoid, as a foundation. And Mir Hashem, Monday we will continue and move on and 
with this upon this foundation, the Ramchal will now build for us all the theory, all the all the not the theories, all the possibilities as to why people sometimes in life encounter suffering, encounter darkness, encounter hardships, all the different possibilities that are all within the system of hashgacha. But it all is within hashgacha because again, hashgacha can result in, in happiness, can result in harmony, can result in bracha. But Yisurin is also Rachman Litzlan. Somebody suffers. It's also just as much hashgacha. Hashem's direct hashgacha. Okay, we shall be zeichet to Iris, to only Ha'aris Padim, to Yeshua's from Hashem, the hashgacha that we like to see, but we shall also be zeichet to clarity, understand what hashgacha really is, to understand it. Okay, thank you all for joining. A wonderful Shabbos.